Welcome to the Champagne Life Podcast. I'm your host, Bronze, a lover of God, life, and all things sparkly. I'll be your tour guide on this journey as we learn how to successfully navigate the effervescent flow of a full, beautiful champagne life where every day is a day worth celebrating. So if you're ready, let's dive in and ride this wave together. Cheers. I am so excited to be here with an immensely talented and successful on-air personality, comedian, business owner, and my big sister, Ebony Steele. And the crowd goes wild. Hey, hey Bronze. Hey, or Bronzy, as I call you. As, as you call me, only you could. You know, you get people in trouble for that. Because you know how I feel Are you about really, that. Why, do you, why don't you like Bronzy? I do, I do, I do. But it's just different when other people say it, you know? So oh, okay. it, 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 just, it doesn't have the love behind it like right. I do. Like, yeah, it's definitely a term of endearment. Because mm-hmm. whereas I, I think because when I would usually hear you guys say Bronze, it meant I was in trouble or that right. you weren't liking something that I did. So I only like to hear bronzy because that means that everything's clear. <laughs> <laughs> so so that means that if there at any point during this interview you call me bronze, that means I'm really blowing it. Okay, no. <laughs> okay, bronzy, let's go. All right, good, good, good. Well, Ebony, Ebony, thank you. I'm so honored. This means I passed the test, right? This means that I passed the first test. Yes, you did. You putting me in the hot seat, and now you have officially agreed to be a guest on the Champagne Life podcast. And I thank you, and I'm so excited to have my big sister, a pioneer in so many ways, Ebony Arrington Steele, as my first guest. So welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you so much. I am glad <laughs> to be you here, You get two boo. welcomes. All right? You get two welcomes. Well, I should for some, all those last names. <laughs> Ebony Arrington Steele. Ebony. <laughs> you know, it's Ebony. It's Emos. Ebony yes. McGee Arrington, Arrington Steele. Yes. Whatever so that means. That, that's, that's what I like to call you, <laughs> Emos. So, Miss Ebony Steele, we know you have done, we could run off all the things that that you have done, and I will just name a few that most people are aware of. It started way back when you were in Miss Alabama. You said way back, like you talking about the civil rights well, movement. Well, I'm just saying, <laughs> way, way back when, when you were just young and starting to bloom into the woman that you are, we saw this person blossoming and so into everything. You were dancing and you were doing for a short while really a comedy circuit most people don't know that you <laughs> yeah, know prior to you being miss tuskegee prior to you being miss congeniality in a miss alabama pageant you went on to pharmaceutical sales and all of a sudden this world of entertainment just fell right in your lap can you just tell some of us about your journey from being Ebony McGee to Ebony Arrington yeah. to Ebony Steele. Tell us about that journey and the transition um, to the woman that we see today. Went to Tuskegee for college, majored in mechanical engineering. I call that my daddy's, our daddy's degree because that's what he wanted us to do. Make sure we do something <laughs> in math and science. And after that, I even had done pharmaceutical sales um, and just kind of jumped around. I, I just feel like... Um, Things that, uh, as my life would change and different opportunities were brought before me, I was kind of able to be somewhat of a renaissance woman to kind of reinvent myself 
And some of those times with the name change or with the job change, the name would change too. Was married for a short time, Ebony Arrington, and that's how we came together and did the Ebony Arrington Dance Studio. You're a baby that we cannot downplay. <laughs> Ebony Arrington Dance Studio that has been in business for 21 years. 21. Let's give a applause for that. You held it down for a sister. Uh, Literally. You, you, paid, sister. you paved the way and created something. And in honor of our, our grandmother, Flora McGee, yes. I think you started this great empire of Ebony Arrington dance that not only covered our dance and what Big Mama used to call what acrobats. She would say, y'all come on in <laughs> here and do. come on do some acrobats. Do some acrobats. Like, <laughs> it's just fella. It's just dance. Just you don't have to. But she We're not always, on trapeze or tightrope. <laughs> <laughs> but she always found a way to incorporate our dance numbers into her fashion her shows. Her fashion shows. And she and had a line of cosmetics the whole did. night. And that clearly what seems to have been a big part of your inspiration of not only continuing her legacy with the charm and modeling school, sure. but finding a way to incorporate that into dance and just building a business from that. When that opportunity came up, just I know a couple of the inside stories, but we thought that maybe we weren't going to have the opportunity to do Ebony Arrington dance. Well, I think that the, the, one of the, the things that was a key moment, a key teaching moment for myself is that, and not just myself, but it was able to teach others, is that we were at Willowwood Park, a park in Birmingham, Alabama. And uh, at that time, the community rec center just asked to come and actually volunteer to give classes. Well, that was when we started to open in a hotel. The hotel closed, absolutely. After you aired on TV, we are starting dance. We are opening this studio. Went on TV, put my phone number, had the dancers on there on TV, and as life would have it, we were at, uh, ended up Willowwood Park. Somebody saw us on TV, and that was a recreation center, and said, hey, why don't you come and teach the girls in the community dance? They had an old weight room. I think I had $1,000 in my savings. I took 600 of that and put mirrors on the wall, and for a year, taught for free. I was a pharmaceutical rep by day, dance teacher at night, and it just hit me one night. The Lord spoke and said, hey, wait a minute, maybe you can make this a living. And so for me, volunteering, giving of my time to teach these kids for the low, low price of free, I was able to open and start a business from there, and in our biggest year had 420 students. Right. So it was starting like from 17, 17 students, and uh, so that was that was just great. And then I think we had some of the best moments when you came along because you were in graduate school in Florida, and you came moved to Birmingham after you graduated, and um, I just th think that the combination of the partnership, the sisterhood that we had and have um, really grew the studio and people could see that. And we were able to live out something else and live uh, and push on with our grandmother's legacy. I mean, it just took another time. We put acrobats on the map. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ed, we know that kind of another one of those things that I saw was just an amazing thing was how your job in the radio industry literally fell into your lap. And our parents were very clear about what they thought it took to be successful, right? We knew we had to go to school. We had, had to, to do, go to college. We had to go to college. There was that no was, option. There was no <laughs> option. That, that was just never a thought for us. And my dad was also very clear about the types of jobs that we would need to have. 
they made sure we were in all types of activities, right? So we were both doing. I think you did soccer. I didn't do soccer, but we were doing. Remember when you did violin, and I was like, Lord, what is that noise <laughs> down there? Everybody hated violin when I did violin. They That's probably the only thing my parents encouraged me to stop. Uh, that I had <laughs> to do uh, clarinet for a while. They both made, oh, we both had to play the piano. Well, I think one of the biggest oh, things mom piano. would say is that uh, an idle mind is a devil's workshop. Yes. Because I remember when summertime came, and this is when I was about 15 or 16 I'm like summer oh my gosh oh, we're yeah. out of school and I'm no like way. I get to stay on the phone all day talking no way phone. mom's like nah you're going to the Y we were the oldest kids like I actually <laughs> went from being one like every year that we could be the camper to the year that I aged out I had to go then and be a volunteer like volunteer. we had to go to the yes. Red Cross and you're be a volunteer our house. parents were not going to let us sit at the house and and now being on the other side of it I totally get it I totally I understand I'm so thankful for that and I actually look at it's, it's funny because we looked at it as this inconvenience for us. But now, you know, having been a parent, I see that not only was it an inconvenience really for them to have to try to get us somewhere, but also the cost of that because right. that was not free. But they were very in tune with trying to keep us active and involved and helping to develop us. And I honestly and think... And stay unpregnant. Well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I will, like, we, I think that that I don't mind definitely in that devil's workshop that that can work together in so many ways. And we didn't have a lot of things that are out there now, but ooh, if we did, you know, it yeah, definitely be a lot different. But I'm pretty sure I joined the band like in high school, which I'm I don't want to say I'm embarrassed about it, but my cool, the clarinet, my, right? The the clarinet and our outfits look like Captain Crunch, right? We, <laughs> we, we were the, the Patriots, the Patriots high and coaches. I love my band. I'm proud of my band, but we definitely look like Captain Crunch. And so, you know, that didn't necessarily match my vibe, but because I did not want to spend the summer working at the Y, I joined band camp. <laughs> So that I'm one time at band one camp. One time at band camp <laughs> because you couldn't be a dance girl until you were in tenth grade. And so in order for me to get out of being not that I didn't want to volunteer, but just having to go and be with little kids all day, I wanted to be around people my age. I was going to high school. I wanted to make high school friends, so we did the band. So tell us now about how you got this opportunity, how it fell in your lap pretty much and your career from pharmaceuticals to next thing we look what five years you are on a nationally syndicated radio that's show that's crazy right it's unbelievable <laughs> so i was doing pharmaceutical sales working with GlaxoSmithKline, and uh, the radio station i had some friends that uh, worked in radio and for a short time i'd done radio sales and i would fill in for the morning girl africa perry when she was out on maternity leave or vacation or whatever. And so when she got married and moved away permanently, I got the phone call from the station to come and audition or sit in while they had other people audition. Well, they're auditioning people. I'm just doing the mornings there and then actually going to my pharmaceutical job. But then they were like, wait a minute, you sound kind of good. And the other people were auditioning, not working out. So I actually took a leap of faith. That was another turning point, took a leap of faith and um, quit the pharmaceutical company to actually be on the radio full time. And the way that I was able to grow the dance studio, we were able to grow it since the radio station couldn't pay me what I was making at the pharmaceutical company. And I had to give up that company car and buy a vehicle. 
bam, they oh, gave yeah. me commercials and trade. Yeah. Um, and so that's how it went from 17 students to 75 to 150, and you know, eventually to 420 after that. Well, tell us about this, Ed, because I know, like, you kind of you kind of spoken over it very quickly and that leap of faith. However, I've heard some people kind of giving me some inspirational stories, and I'm like, yes, if they can do it, I can do it, right? But I know that there was a time in there where our parents, our very straight-laced corporate parents, said, what? You're going to leave this pharmaceutical, pharmaceutical job, job to- and take, look, all these bonuses, all of these things that you're doing, and, and you're going to take a pay cut. And a and and, free car. And, your free car. Your, you're going to take a pay cut and go work on the radio? You know, I think that... Daddy's like, please tell me you're not trying to move back home. Are you like, trying to ruin right, your life? Like, what <laughs> in the world is going on? And I remember you telling me, and I'm like, Ebony, there are people who work in radio for years on weekends, nights, volunteering, being interned, all of these things true. just to try to get their own show. And you are being offered a morning show, like right off of the bat, like going on here with Buck, who is an amazing... Buck Wild was my first uh, host and teacher. Who taught I, me everything I know. Who I learned so much about. Let me hold $50. <laughs> <laughs> who I really, I learned so much from and about during that whole process. But you went from that. How hard was it for you? Because I'm telling you, a big part of, I think, my fear in stepping out, and I've talked to so many other people, like their fear is disappointing. Not only the people who, like, who who support you so like your parents your family your friends but also just like worried about what if this doesn't work out you know how did you push beyond that fear to go into what you felt like was your calling or where you were supposed to be you know i hate to admit this but i know the uh you know this show champagne life is totally about being transparent i don't think i was fearful then i think now because it's almost like if uh, I went through breast cancer, okay, I'm right. uh, 13 years uh, cancer-free. Woo! Yes. Yes. And I think about the times I volunteered right after that. If you go to the cancer ward in a regular hospital, totally different than when you go to a uh, cancer ward with children. Children aren't crying. They're not fretful. They're not scared because they don't know. They don't have... They don't know how to feel that pain or have that anxiety, that sense of urgency that they could lose their life. Adults, totally different. So I think that was in the infantile stages of me uh, becoming a businesswoman. I wasn't afraid then. Like, you just try, you do it. But now we have all these other things. We didn't touch the stove. Now we know that that's really, really hot. Right. Or we know that, oh, my gosh, cancer can do this versus as a kid, you're just like, oh, okay. Right. You know, I just look a little different for a while. Right. So I wasn't, I didn't have fear then. And That's sometimes awesome. I yeah. wish I could go back to that because the more we know, the more you know. What if you had stayed in that space? We all know that a lot of things actually changed within the pharmaceutical companies. Mm-hmm. I mean, shortly after you left and some of the things that were probably fun and exciting about it. But what if you had not taken that that leap out? That we all need to kind of have that faith, right? We Instead of, as adults, we're looking more at all the things that could go wrong. Versus when when right. we're younger, we're looking at, look at, the, what if this goes right? What if this thing you, you goes know, right, I, you know? I think, Bronze, I think that if I was fearful then, when something is your purpose, even for a short time, you, you'll get there. 
So even if I wouldn't have left right then, but at the end of the day, God says my purpose is to be a dance teacher and own a dance studio. He would have just taken me up 459 or 575 and brought me back down another street to get me there. Right. There's not one, just one way. My prayer at that time was just use me in the way that you want me to be used. Hey, I need you to be a pharmaceutical rep for a minute. I need you to do this for a minute. Hey, I need you to get a degree in engineering. Oh, okay, by the way, let me go and do this dance studio thing because I need you to do that and for you to help kids. And now I need you to be on the radio. And I didn't mean to give you breast cancer, but one in eight women get it. So this is your purpose. I need you to be the person to speak on that now. And let's talk about that because I saw not only the strength that you had during that process, but also the amazing opportunity that came out of some of the things that were probably some of the most terrifying times of your life. So let's talk about when you, you know, were an ambassador for Coleman. Like I actually still have my cereal boxes right now where you were on the Cheerios box. You know? And hamburger helper. Oh, I'm like, and okay, why did they put the black chick on the hamburger helper box? <laughs> but it was over seven, 70 million <laughs> hamburger helper. And and I actually and, still have that box yes. too. And, but I'm not opening them. They are still in there from all those but years ago. you know ago. what? I saved so much money that Christmas. I'm like, cereal boxes for everybody. And put a little white glove in there. But isn't that amazing how God was even then able sure, to take yeah. something that most people would see as scary and and you were able to, you know, I, yeah, it was like into. I was diagnosed with breast cancer and got the job opportunity of a lifetime in the same year. I'm like, only this would happen to me. Right, um, right. And it happened to me. And guess what? It happened. And I'm still here. You are still standing. Still standing. So a lot of people don't know that the name Steel came because when you were transferring markets, there was already an ebony, right? So we needed to find a way for you to stand out. And a lot of people don't really know where that name came from. And I'm calling this the Steel Sister episode, right? Okay. Because we are both technically steels, right? We are still. So explain how the Steel name came into the picture. Well, Steel is our mother's maiden name. Good luck, though, if you're trying to uh, change my password. Because, you know, they always ask you, what's your mother's maiden name? Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but uh, it was a family name. And it was something that, that I had to be tough as steel going through all of that stuff, moving from one city to the next, leaving my comfort zone of Birmingham, Alabama, going to Dallas, Texas, being diagnosed with a chronic disease. Um, so I just thought a the name. life threat Threatening disease. disease. Yeah. Right. Um, just thought it was befitting. And it worked. And I, I love that name. I do. I love, and especially after losing our mom, which we did not expect, being able to have that as a part of your brand right. and your name now, it's a huge thing to have that our mom in yeah, yeah. Our mom, because she is a huge reason why we are who we are. Strong, and, we're solid, and may she forever rest in perfection. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So we love you, my mirror, red, steel. <laughs> and so... With Miss Ebony, if there's anything else that you can leave, we know now that you are life is coming full circle. You are back in Birmingham, um, and you are working on the ninety-eight point seven Kiss FM. That is correct. So I'm back in radio, and I even had to ask myself, why am I here? Why am I back in Birmingham doing this? But look, I'm close to my sister. I'm just following the calling that the Lord has for me. And if there's anything that, um, and I know I have to preach and say this to myself all the time, 
Bronze, my sister. Sometimes she's the big sister. Sometimes she's the little sister. But, you know, we had a moment where you were the big sister. But I had just really, if I had to tell anybody out there anything, leave with this. If you're going to pray, don't worry. If you're going to worry, don't pray. Absolutely. You have to turn it over. It's already laid out. It's already so, done. Wow. So to big things to come, again, thank you. Please tell us, Miss Ebony Steele, where we can follow you and be the time of your show, all those things right now. All right. You can always listen to me, 987kissfm.com, or you can listen live on Alexa just by saying 987kissfm, Alexa. And you can follow me on all social media, Ebony Steele, E-B-O-N-Y-S-T-E-E-L-E. I'm still standing, and I want you to do the same thing. All right, big sister. Well, thank you so much again for being my guest. We love you. The Champagne Podcast, Champagne Room loves you. And we're out. Cheers. Cheers.